Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It's March 26th, a Saturday. As always, I'm talking to you from San Francisco, the city on the west coast of the United States. My guest is actually broadcasting from Buenos Aires at the other end of the American continent on the tip of Latin America. But we're not talking today about either Buenos Aires or San Francisco. We're talking about another great city, Oxford, the university city in the United Kingdom, um, distinguished, as I said, by its university. I'm not quite sure what Oxford would be without its university. Perhaps it would be like San Francisco without its bridge and its bay wouldn't be much. Um, the, the Oxford theme is actually going to be developed this week because uh, next week I'm talking with Daisy Dunn, who has a new book out called Not Far From Brideshead, Oxford Between the Wars. It's a book about what Oxford was like between the First and Second World Wars in the 20th century. Uh, but today we're talking about an Oxford both in a contemporary sense and in a 19th century sense, with my guest, uh, Guishamo Martinez. And I hope, uh, Guishamo, I haven't mangled your name. I've done it justice. Um, you have a new book out called uh, The Oxford Brotherhood. Many people will be familiar with you because of your uh, international bestseller, The Oxford Murders, that got turned into a movie, a uh, 2008 movie featuring... Uh, Elijah Wood and John Hurt and Julie Cox. This new book uh, is in some ways uh, a sequel, I think, to uh, The Oxford Murders. Uh, above all else, it's, uh, would it be fair to say, Grishamo, a love story for you to Oxford, the city and the university? Well, yes, um, I love uh, my time in Oxford, and in some sense, uh, each of these novels is a way to to come back. Um, so I I go there from time to time, um, uh, but I um, I had a break of uh, fifteen years between uh, the first novel and this uh, second one. Uh, I hope to write a third one, maybe in something like uh, 10 more years or five more years. As I said, your, your new book, The Oxford Brotherhood, focuses both on contemporary Oxford, contemporary mathematics and the study of mathematics in Oxford, uh, and the story of Lewis Carroll in the 19th century. Um, the, the, the detective or the mathematical detective uh, in uh, the Oxford Brotherhood, uh, also appears in the Oxford Murders. Is that fair? Yes. In fact, the plot of the novel um, is set um, the following year. So um, I spent uh, 15 years in between, but uh, in the fiction time, um, the second novel occurs uh, one year after the, the first one. So it is uh, 1995, I, I think. Uh, I am not really strict about the, the, the time. And of course, um, 1995 seems a long time ago, but not quite as long ago as the 19th century when 
Lewis Carroll was around, the author of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, Through the Looking Glass, Jabberwocky, many other of the great classics in English literature. Carol is, if anyone's the central character in your book, it's Carol. Is that fair? Well, yes. In fact, um, the novel can be uh, considered, um, in some sense, um, a, a kind of chorus of uh, different ideas uh, of his uh, biographers. Uh, so Carol was uh, quite divided uh, as, a, as a writer, and I read uh, many of the biographies. Um, um, I invented um, a brotherhood uh, who resembles, uh, which resembles a little the, the real Lewis Carroll society. Um, part of, of the material of the book is a discussion about different opinions uh, about this uh, character. Um, yeah, and much of the controversy is, as, as Grisham, much of the controversy, is, as, as many as our, our viewers and listeners will, of course, know, focused on Carol's relationship uh, with a young girl, um, Alice Liddell. Lots of controversy about this relationship. Um, lots of questions about whether he was a pedophile. Uh, one argument suggests that his photographs suggest he was. Lots of controversies. In fact, uh, here I found a piece in the History Collection, 10 contro Controversial Facts Behind the Real Alice in Wonderland. Um, some people suggest that he was a lover of children, not an mm -hmm. abuser of him. Um, it seems as if a lot of the controversy is rooted in um, in uh, Carol's uh, diary, where some pages were taken out, and that's where your book begins. Yes, first of all, um, his relationship with girls were far beyond uh, Alice Little. Uh, in fact, he had uh, some kind of relation also with uh, Ina Little, the, the elder uh, sister, and with many other models and little girls um, during different uh, times in her life, uh, in his life, sorry. Um, but yes, there is a dispute about um, if there were um, just uh, friendship or relationships or there was uh, something else involved. Um, and part of this controversy uh, is uh, displayed in my novel. Uh, but as for the diaries, um, there is a missing page, and this is real, uh, that was the most debated page, um, uh, which um, uh, deals uh, with a conversation he had with Ali's uh, mother uh, that end uh, with uh, his relation with the family, in fact. Oh, he, he was prevented, uh, he was, uh, prevented to, to see uh, the girls anymore, no? Uh, in some sense, he was banned for the of the family. Uh, uh, so, what happened in that uh, conversation? What uh, what was the content of that conversation? And is this this is one of the great? I don't want to give away the plot of the story, uh, Bushamo, yes. but this is one of the great 
mysteries in in your new murder mystery, The Oxford Brotherhood? Well, yes, I found that like a gem. You know, as, as, as soon as I put my eyes in this uh, missing page, I, I felt that I had a novel there. And I had the possibility of writing it as the Aspen Papers by Henry James, as a kind of um, literary novel about uh, the treasure of papers uh, by cut by the grandnieces of, of Carol, or uh, to try a second uh, crime novel in the same line as uh, The Oak for Murders. Um, and I, I decided myself for this uh, second option. You've, you've written, in addition uh, to the new book, uh, The Oxford Brotherhood, and your international bestseller, The Oxford Murders, you've written a couple of other books about murder. You have a, The Book of Murder and a kind of Dostoevskian book, perhaps your, your first book regarding Rodera. What is it about murder and violence that fascinates you, Wishama? Well, in fact, if you read my books, you will see that um, violence is not anything that I enjoy. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I'm not uh, suggesting you, you enjoy no, no, violence, no, I, you're, you're I mean, intrigued by it. My, my crime novels are not violent. Uh, this is what I'm trying to say. Um, my murders are uh, almost abstract, uh, like mathematician uh, murders. Um, so, um, from time to time, well, um, you have to cut uh, some head, no, as <laughs> when you are a crime writer, but um, violence is uh, not the focus of my writing. I what I like most in and I try to to portray that in, in my books uh, is the links between um, philosophy and mathematical logic with the, the crime, um, the, res, uh, the, the investigation, the, the, the mind of an investigator, of a detective. Um, you, you have to deal with conjectures. You have to deal with uh, the hidden secrets of uh, the private life of people. So that is what I like most. Uh, what is hidden? What is um, intriguing in the human nature? Um, and sometimes crimes uh, uh, make all of this uh, appear in the surface. I want to talk about detectives and, and, and crimes and math actually after the break. But before we get to that, um, we we did a show last month with another. Uh, writer, uh, sort of a literary writer on detective novels, Alan Judd. He has a new book out about um, Christopher Marlowe, Conjecture on Marlowe's Murder. What is it about the reinvention of historical figures that attracts historical novelists like yourself and Judd? Why, Why do you like playing around with real lives? Well, this was the the Oxford Brotherhood was the first time that I decided to to read about a real character. Um, so, um, and what uh, decided me to to go for it uh, was um, um, a paper I read about this uh, mystery uh, around the the cut pages in Carol's diaries. So w- once I had that idea in mind, 
I felt that I needed to to read about uh, Carol's life. Um, so everything in the novel that is related with Carol's life is accurate in the sense that I took that from serious uh, biographies, uh, papers, uh, his own diaries that I have a complete. Um, so, um, but I, I didn't have an special um, fascination for Lewis Carroll. When oh, I you was, didn't? Uh, I, I was fascinated by, by this, this little mystery uh, and, and the, the, the fight of unfolding a whole novel uh, from a sentence in a piece of paper. What about Carroll's interest in photography and capturing reality? Do you play around with that? There's a mathematical quality, I guess, to it. I mean, Carroll wasn't a mathematician, although Oxford in the 19th century was a center for mathematics. Um, is there a connection between an interest in photography and in math? I'm not sure, but what is interesting is that um, his first photographies were, were um, of uh, pieces of the Museum of Natural Science, um, uh, buildings, uh, families. I, what I think after reading a lot is that photography was for him a way uh, of uh, approaching um, people of, he was a, a little snob. So approaching people of uh, the higher part of the society, you know, so he wanted to to meet uh, Lord Tennyson um, or other writers like that. Um, and he used um, his um, notebook of photographies, his albums, um, and that was the way in, in which he will enter uh, in these families. So most of uh, his photographies are about children, but many times with um, their parents, in fact. As photography developed in the 19th century, was pornography a, a, a central feature of it as it as it has developed in the same way as pornography has been central in the evolution of the internet and uh, online content? Well, that's interesting uh, because um, in the beginning he could uh, do, he could do his uh, naked or semi-naked uh, photographies without any danger because um, naked children were considered as angels. Um, um, there was uh, another photographer, very famous, um, and the royal family will buy uh, his photographies. Um, so the, the naked body was protected by the royal consideration of art. But as soon as uh, photography became more popular, um, many more people started to, to do photographies, um, there was uh, um, society called the vice uh, against vice society, something like that, that will go um, screen by screen uh, um, to prevent uh, the, the the diffusion of uh, naked uh, uh, naked bodies. In, uh, 
and and at that time he quit from doing uh, his photographies of of children, his photograph of children. So he is, he went through different stages. Um, in the beginning he could do them, then he stopped doing them. And later in his life, he started again um, um, in, in, in consonance with another woman uh, that, that was a, a drawer. We are speaking with Guillermo Martinez, the Buenos Aires-based author, a new book, The Oxford Brotherhood. Um, it's a follow-up in many ways to his international bestseller, The Oxford Murders. Um, we're going to take a break now, uh, Grishamo, and afterwards I want to talk about the art of the, 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 the detective, your interest in it, Sherlock Holmes, Poirot, Agatha Christie, and all the other figures who influenced you in the development of your own craft. So I'm going to take a 60-second break, and then we'll be back with Grishamo Martinez, the author of The Oxford Brotherhood. Hi, everyone. Andrew here again. I'm not sure if you're listening or watching or even reading about this Keenon show. I certainly hope you're enjoying it, but I wanted to remind you that there are many different ways you can use to enjoy my Keenon show. The first, of course, is by, in a very traditional way, subscribing to the audio-only podcast. You can do this um, using Apple or Spotify or CastBox, or many of the other traditional uh, podcast distribution platforms. We're on all of them. And if you want to access uh, all the podcasts together, you can go to my LitHub page um, in their podcast section, which is dedicated to all the interviews. Uh, if you're into watching this, as opposed to simply listening, um, if you follow me on Twitter at AJ Keen, you can watch these shows live uh, and you can do the same um, if we're connected uh, on LinkedIn. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not a great fan of Facebook, but LitHub is. And on their LitHub live page, you can watch these shows live as well. Um, in terms of uh, recorded videos, uh, not live. You can see all the shows on the LitHub YouTube page. So whatever your preference, whatever your taste, whether it's video or audio or text, there's no excuse for not watching or listening to my show. Now back to Keynote. We're back with Grishamo Martinez, the author of The Oxford Brotherhood, uh, a murder mystery set in both contemporary Oxford and in the 19th century, um, a book trying to answer the question of uh, Lewis Carroll and his relationship with young women. Um, Grishamo, what is it about uh, the British and detective stories? Why are they seemingly so adept at it. Um, Sherlock Holmes, of course, comes to mind. Uh, we all remember Benedict Cumberbatch's brilliant portrayal in the BBC series. I know you're quite influenced by uh, Holmes. Um, what is it about 
the British and detective work? Why, why, why have they essentially pioneered this medium, this art? I'm not sure um, if there is a reason. Maybe they were the first, they, uh, one of the first. No, there was the French uh, way of, um, of mysteries. Um, in, in fact, the, the first mysteries to arrive to Argentina was um, Gaston Leroux and the, the mystery of the closed uh, room. Um, but in Argentina, it was very important um, the figure of uh, Jorge Luis Borges. Um, Borges yeah. and Diego Casares, another Argentinian writer, they both um, started a collection of crime novels, and most of them were British novels or American novels. Um, but in my childhood and during my teenage years, um, I read a lot of um, crime novels by Agatha Christie and, of course, uh, Conan Doyle, um, Edgar Allan Poe as well. Um, and what I wanted to do with uh, this tradition is to imagine a detective that will, um, that will be like a following, uh, a sequel, uh, and a variation of uh, these three different ways of um, facing a crime investigation. No, you have, um, a, first of all, you have a Edgar Allan Poe. Um, which, yeah, uh, I know you've been quite influenced uh, uh, by yes, Poe's uh, Auguste Dupin, uh, the first yes. detective, essentially, in literature. Uh, and he deals with a kind of abstract logic uh, without... Um, coming too close to, to the murders or to the facts. Um, then you have uh, Sherlock Holmes, um, who is um, close to, uh, to the ground, um, uh, analyze um, footprints and all that kind of stuff, no? Uh, cigar, um, ashes, uh, and all, all, of, all of that things. And then as a kind of um, opposite way of uh, dealing with uh, the, the criminal investigation, Hercule Poirot, that he, he was a detective, very interesting in, in my way of, of seeing him, that he um, was the detective of the psychological details. No, he, he would talk with people, with common people, um, the servants, um, and he would pay attention to what is uh, what escapes of the conversation. Um, and so, uh, since I wanted to write a novel in our times. I thought which kind of detective I could uh, uh, portray, I could imagine. Who, who's to... your favorite? I, I have to admit that Poirot is my favorite, partially yeah, because my... My favorite is Poirot, uh, yes. My, my daughter forced me to watch, not, she didn't force me. I, with my daughter, I watched <laughs> hundreds of shows, or I have watched, in fact, even went to see the latest Death on the Nile uh, Poirot yes, mystery with Kenneth uh, like Branagh. No, yes, I don't like him at all. You don't uh, like him? Yeah, my daughter doesn't no, like him. No, I, I like uh, David Sachet more or less. Uh, they, yeah, David Suchet is more Poirot Suchet, than Poirot yes. himself. 
I think the interesting thing about Poirot is his Belgianness. I, I don't know how yes. Christie had the genius to create him, but there's no way oh, Poirot could is. be English. <laughs> She repent on that. She regret that later on <laughs> because she oh, didn't she know did? anything about Belgian people. <laughs> so Poirot is your your favorite in 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 the continental tradition. I think he'd be certainly much more comfortable in Buenos Aires than uh, than Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> well, yes, I I like very much uh, the the way of um, the subtleties of conversation of. Um, um, but when uh, I I tried uh, to imagine my detective and I came up with this um, logical detective that could um, that could uh, think of uh, a little beyond common sense. That was my idea to uh, to think with some of the paradoxes of logical. Yeah, mind. this is. Uh... And, and looking through your book a little bit, it reminded me in some ways of, of Umberto Eco and that ability to integrate. Well, thank you very much. That is, that is a very nice reference for me. Yes, I, I love this kind of uh, murder stories when murder is mixed with uh, philosophy. Yes, that, um, I call that um, the, the philosophical crime novel. You, uh, a, a lot of this book, I assume, is autobiographical, not the murder element, but the Oxford part. You were a young graduate student at Oxford in math, and math has clearly influenced your world. Uh, I had the science writer Michael Brooks on the show last year, talking about how math has shaped our world. He has a, a new book out, The Art of More, How Mathematics Created Civilization. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the book. It's an interesting book. Um, what is... What is your sense of the relationship between, if not math and murder, but math and the investigation of murder? Uh, neither neither Poirot nor um, nor Sherlock Holmes—they're not formal mathematicians, are they? But they certainly are intuitive mathematicians. Well, I will agree with that. So, in, in fact. The math game, the chess game, and the murder investigation are quite related. So you have to anticipate um, conjectures. You have to um, do some trials. Uh, you have to consider the following steps of a murderer. Um, so it is a game of anticipation. Of uh, and you, you need a kind of um, mental, um, I would say, uh, you need to know the um, the garden of the forking path, as Borges yeah, would say. As... You have uh, the, the, the forking path of possibilities. Um, uh, and you have to discard some of them. And that is the game of logic, um, when you need to determine uh, if a sentence is a tautology or falsity or whatever, falsehood, um, you have to unfold and develop that conjecture. Um, and you do the same, quite the same, uh, when discarding uh, different uh, uh, possibilities or options uh, with alibis and I don't know. Uh, there is a, a whole game of reasoning involved. Uh, and I like very much that kind of similitude. 
Is there a particular mathematician who's your hero? Well, um, it will be Kurt Gödel, of course. Uh, and Why, of course? Say, Why, of course? Well, because I am a logician. Um, <laughs> so um, he proved um, a theorem on completeness and consistency that was a real uh, major... Uh, major way of thinking about math so um but lately i i am also very fond of uh, ludwig wittgenstein who, who is also who appears also in in my novels yeah wittgenstein of course wasn't trained as a mathematician he was trained as a philosopher and his sort of i don't yes, know if converging the two disciplines but he certainly muddled them up didn't he well, but his way of reflecting about math is very original, very deep. Um, it keeps you uh, wondering uh, still now about uh, what we consider uh, well known and how this can, uh, can be shaped uh, by a critical mind. And Wittgenstein's life, of course, was also a kind of mystery, like um, Lewis Carroll, there was a lot of controversy. I mean, it's clear now that he was a homosexual. I don't think he, he was denying it, but certainly... Um, no, no, but I mean, interesting in other senses. For um, He wrote his first book, The Tractatus, during the war, and then he became um, a teacher of, um, of kids uh, by, when teaching them, he started to think about what what is to uh, to learn. In fact, to learn a language, to learn uh, to multiply by two, uh, simple stuff. Um, he developed a whole deep uh, philosophy um, around that, uh, and, and that was because he became a teacher. And another foreigner, non-English person, coming to England. I'm not sure if he quite fell in love with the country, but certainly uh, intimately bound up in, in, in its university life like you. There's something, um, there's something very welcoming about university towns like Oxford and Cambridge to uh, uh, intellectuals from overseas like yourself, isn't there? Well, yes, what I was uh, surprised when I went to work for is that most of the people I met there were foreigners. So um, I was friend of a Canadian guy, a Serbian guy, a guy from Slovakia. All of them were uh, visitors, professors that were for, for some time there, an Australian guy. So um, I just met uh, two or three really English people, my, my advisor and some other mathematicians. Um, some of them were Scottish. Uh, you, you, you mentioned Borges earlier. There's also a, there's always a, an ongoing love affair between Borges and Britain. Uh, we did a show on Borges' travels uh, in Scotland. <laughs> So you're part of that tradition of this intellectual affinity between Argentina, Argentine, Argentinian writers and the United Kingdom. Uh, well, 
I am a kind of disciple of Borges, as most of the writers in Argentina, and we um, follow very closely um, his lessons of literature, his uh, his way of reading. For example, he will read Chesterton, we read Chesterton, he will read uh, Conrad, we read Conrad, um, he will read Stevenson, uh, we read Stevenson. So many English authors that are not um, fashionable maybe anymore in uh, UK, but uh, he will love them. Um, we read uh, these these authors after him. Uh, so in, in that sense, there was established uh, a kind of um, fondness of. Uh, uh, did, did Borges, uh, what was Borges's opinion of Lewis Carroll? Well, he, he loved his uh, writings. Um, I don't think he, uh, he was interested in, in, in his life. Um, he wrote um, two or three pieces about Lewis Carroll, an introduction to, uh, to Alice in Wonderland. Um, he wrote also about um, Carroll's way of solving uh, the Tartus puzzle. Um, he wrote uh, two or three essays about uh, Carroll's problems more than about his life. Well, uh, your book um, is out now, The Oxford Brotherhood, uh, Grishamo Martinez. Congratulations on this new book, Grishamo. As I said, I think it's going to be as much of an international bestseller as your 2005 book, The Oxford Murders. I hope it's going to be turned into a movie. I don't know who's going to be in the movie, but it's certainly mm -hmm. one I will watch. Um, what else, uh, Grishamo, should people be reading in addition to your new book these days in, in late March uh, 2022, in addition to your new book, The Oxford Brotherhood? Well, um, I think um, your audience uh, could be interested in two books um, that were translated to English. Uh, one of them is uh, Fever Dream by Samantha Schweblin. Uh, there was a movie recently uh, um, as well uh, with the same title. Um, it was in Netflix. Um, it is a wonderful um, uh, short novel. Um, that deals with a kind of horror atmosphere. Um, some of the effects of um, the fertilizants uh, in in the farms. Um, and the other book um, is uh, Elena Knows, uh, the original title Elena Sabe. It is a novel by Argentinian writer um, Claudia Pinheiro. Uh, it is right now in the long list of the book um, of the Booker Prize, um, and that was published by Charco Press. I, I would recommend your audience to pay attention to Charco Press publications because uh, three uh, of their books uh, hit the, the the long list of the Booker Prize uh, in the last Are you year. friends with the authors? I'd love to get them on the show. Uh, I am friend, yes, of both uh, of these authors, but I am friend of most of the Argentinian authors. Uh, I, I, I think I, I have many friends and a few enemies. <laughs> so most of mm. the Argentinian authors are, are friends. Um, well... 
Finally, Guishamo Martinez, as I said, the author of this new book, The Oxford Brotherhood, a murder mystery built in uh, some 19th century and contemporary about the life of Lewis Carroll, a uh, conjectural. Uh, 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 Guishamo Martinez, uh, who's in charge these days in, in March 2022? Who runs the world? Who runs the world? Well, <laughs> I think uh, there is a, a balance of power right now, and no one wants to 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 run uh, uh, to the end in some sense. Um, I think that, that this is a year of expectation. Um, it is not not clear uh, who will prevail, but uh, I feel that. We are talking about politics, or are we talking about soccer? Because there is the soccer World World Cup. Uh, yeah, that's coming up. Who's who's going to win that, Grisham? <laughs> that that will be easier. <laughs> who's going to win uh, that then? Who who who's well, your prediction? Not Argentina. This 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 year, so I I have hopes. But for us, for politics, um, the world is going crazy again. Um, I'm not sure who will prevail. 